we'll grow a church one way or another, right? Yeah. It's such a precious family there, precious family. I wanted to just follow up. Um, last week, we had a healing line that was certainly spontaneous and spirit-led. I would just encourage you, wherever you are in that, if you came or not, up to the line, um, whatever healing you were looking for or needed in, in your body or in your spirit, soul, and yes, please, D2L and um, Jumpstart, you are dismissed. Thank you. Um, to not so much focus, even if you got healing that moment, don't focus on the healing. Focus on the healer. <laughs> Because we can get tossed to and fro, as it says. But focus on the healer, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Because when you do that, he can even work more in you than ever before when we do that. All right. Well, bear with me. I had a message written earlier in the week and then started writing notes on the notes this morning, so I'm going to see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. We'll jump right in, I guess. So the title of this message is called Burn the Ships. Can we, can we burn things in church? Burn the ships. And I don't expect you to understand that just yet. But here's the idea. As Christ followers, the majority of our motion should be what? Forward. But at times do we take one step forward and two steps back when we look back to glance at familiar attributes that we had, had in our life. When I was growing up, you guys were always growing up too, um, I had many interests in life. Um, very curious about many things. Uh, my parents were very supported, but exhausted at the same point in my interest of many things. So growing up, I wanted to uh, be a basketball player, a pilot, a uh, guitar rock star, Santa Claus, and there's probably a few other things. And this is all between the age of maybe 10 and, and 15 or so in that area. And I would pursue many of the interests. I know one particularly that stands in my mind, or two, was um, in grade school, a lot of the kids or the guys were wearing these cool hockey hats and jackets. And it's like, man, where did you get that? And it's like, oh, we're on the hockey team. So I began to have an interest of like, man, I want those things. You know, I'd like to have a, a hat and a, and a, and a jacket so I told my parents, I said, next time uh, tryouts, I want to try out for hockey. And I had skated before. I mean, we lived in Belmont, very big hockey community, all that fun stuff. And I remember when the trials came up, and I said, all right, get on, the, get on the ice rink, go around, keep lapping. So around the fourth or fifth lap, I'm like, okay, we're probably done. Am I on the team? He says, no, we need another 10 laps. I'm like, oh, boy. So I kept doing the 10 laps. By the time of that experience happened, I, I was riding home. My parents had driven me home, and I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. <laughs> I started with an interest, but I found out there was commitment to that interest. 
and I didn't want to go past that. So many things in my life, and I think, you know, don't look snubbish at me. I know that many things in my life that I've had great interest, but they couldn't withstand the commitment that was being required behind that. Uh, I remember the trumpet. We were living in Oklahoma at the time. I'm like, yeah, play the trumpet, jazz, all that neat stuff. And so my parents searched far and wide in the Tulsa area to rent a trumpet for me. That lasts about two months because I, I, I didn't know how much I had to commit in knowing how to read music at that point. But many things, the other thing that has bleeded into a little bit of my life now is um, I, we have about like 20, 25 cookbooks at home too. <laughs> On the front cover, that food looks so easy to make. So we buy the, we buy the book, I bring it home, and then I find out that I have to make a deeper commitment to read those ingredients. And some of the ingredients, I don't know where I'm going to find and how to even pronounce their names. So I don't go far with it. So they're on the bookshelf right now. And if I could go through these aisles right now, which I don't know, maybe we'll see, I could ask you to tell me the same type of testimony. Have you started something? But the commitment, it's, it's okay. This isn't condemnation. Have you started something? Is there a beginner's guitar sitting in a case in the basement? Is there a weight system that looks so good late at night that you could do and make you healthy? And that's in the basement too. And there's these interests in things. I, as we become... Christians, do we answer an interest? God already gives a commitment. So interest is very, I'm not saying it's not bad, but beware, don't rest in your interests. I know for me, when, uh, when I prayed and, and opened the gate of my heart, as we call to receive salvation and, and want to surrender to Christ what the work was done on the cross, I knew there was going to be a commitment of something. I didn't know how much, but I knew it was, was something. Because God isn't interested in your interest towards Him. So we commit to Christ. We do. And He doesn't show us all that commitment at once or we probably would be slow to do what we did. In that commitment, when we first get saved, there's usually an extreme. There's an extreme of a person that just got saved and sees everything in HD. <laughs> Loves everybody, wants to save everybody. And those are good things. Loves everybody, wants to save everybody. And then you have the other extreme that they're keeping it, you know, I don't know what I just did but I know I have to do something to honor my commitment. And what can happen with when we follow Christ and we start to step out on that, we find that there's things that we need to do to solidify our commitment. Read your Bible. Go to church. Pray. But if we're not careful, and even as mature Christians, that can be turning more into 
a routine than a relationship. Let's be very careful of that. It's not intentionally done usually. Because see, I'm committing when I did something to Christ. I didn't commit, don't, don't leave the church yet. I didn't commit to a Bible. I didn't even commit to church. Those are attributes. Those are things we need. The Word of God is our authority, our roadmap, everything we need in life. But I committed to a person, Christ. See, if we do that, then we know there's an ongoing commitment to that relationship that brings us farther than we've ever gone before. I know we've said before this. I know Pastor John said this before uh, and our other pastors. If you, and this isn't a condemnation. We're all growing in this. But if your relationship with Christ is not better than it was in 2022, what are you doing? <laughs> You're living in routine and not relationship. We all have, life happens, I understand, but you need to appraise that. Praise, appraise that. Amen, hallelujah, woohoo, exciting, yeah, I know, I know. I, no, don't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you see, as a church, um, and our pastors are, are leading the charge to this as well, we're all leading it as a team, you can sense that the Holy Spirit's at work. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. So it's not just, and this is important, I'm not, we have the Word, but we also need the Spirit with us. And when they connect, we'll actually start doing His will in our lives. So we're talking right now. We've been great with this, and we continue to be this. But we need to activate, connect that to this, to the Spirit. And that's what we're starting to see. We had a healing line. We had Nia Allen, some surrender. Pastor Ray did Holy Spirit baptisms on Wednesdays. I heard there was an amazing prayer group in uh, Flourish yesterday morning. On and on and on and on. We never want to copy what we did before, but we do want to cooperate when it comes in. So what I'm saying is, if you're, <laughs> God is at move and grow, wants us to go deeper than we've ever gone before for Him. But it's going to take commitment, not an interest. The interest will fade. Passion will grow from commitment. Don't get the two mixed up, interest and passion. But we've got to go deeper in committing to Him. It's not getting lighter out there unless we're out there giving the light. The other thing, (laughs) God wants to work in you. But he smiles, I think, when he begins to work through you. Just a personal opinion in my life. So where we're going is, yes, through these spiritual attributes, things that are going on in the service that hopefully are are going beyond the service, are happening in our daily lives, where our spiritual sensitivity through the Holy Spirit is growing and growing and growing. There's a place where God works through you. But then he needs, he needs to pour it out on others. This is not an evangelism message. Pastor Chris, here we go again. We've got to go talk to somebody. No should be a lifestyle. Christianity and following Christ is a lifestyle. It's not a program. It's not something you try. 
You know, he's not your co-pilot. I've seen a bumper sticker like that. He is your pilot and the control tower. He's everything. So you have to be all in. You see, imagine if the commitment was shown, like the hockey coach saying I had to do 20 laps when I'm doing laps. When the commitment shows, like, come to you, all that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, by the way, you're going to die to yourself, too, on the way. Imagine if he said that on the way up to your commitment. He knows us. He knows us. So don't be surprised when you're being called to die to yourself. In that death is the same resurrection that he did that we're going to celebrate in Easter soon. But he's looking to work in you, but not just that. He's looking to work through you. Just because pastors prayed for you last weekend, (laughs) we're all great, we're all good. And we have the best intentions and we're seeking the Spirit of God and where we're being led to lead you. But at the end of the day, your prayers are equally important as what we pray over you too. We are sometimes just a Hallmark card for you. Not a Hallmark movie, a card. I was good in the holidays. I didn't make any Hallmark Christmas movie jokes. But you are a, we're a Hallmark card to you. We're leading you in things that God has already reminded you in this. And we want to help you connect this to this. And there's power in that. There's power in that. We're following Christ. Not a religion. Not some great ideas. Christ. Who did everything to gain you. So we can call him king of glory. It's so important. It's so important. We had, um, I'm sorry, I'm going on my notes off my notes here, so. Uh, The pastors and even Jennifer, we we went to a conference called CityQuake this week, and um, we we only went to one of the days that they were doing it, and we kind of knew what to expect, you know, but um, most of the conference didn't happen in the church. It didn't happen. It happened outside the church because how they set this up is you're going to hear, you're going to hear, now go do. So we went out and prayed for folks half of the day. Their, Their approach was not a program. We've had those before. Their approach was not a, they didn't give us a script to go talk to people. Uh, the, 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 the recipe was see everyone the way Christ sees them in love. That was it. Sounds simple, but wait until you go outside sometimes. <laughs> but we were. It has nothing to do with us. We just were at a conference. But this is where we're going, things like this. What we did that day was not to create momentum to go do this every day, but it was to exercise what God wants in our life every day. There's differences, differences. It's got to be part of your lifestyle to be sensitive to the people around you. Now, this is if God's working in you, okay? We, um, we, uh, so, so, yeah. so we're all huddled up, like, well, let's go, Pastor Ray, Pastor Mike, Jen, and myself. I'm like, where are we going to go? Like, okay, if we go to Walmart, 
the other hundred people in this room are going to go to Walmart, you know? So we're going to invade. Well, I said, it was in Connecticut. I'm like looking on that. I'm like, let's go to Foxwoods. So we did. So it was only like 15 minutes up the road. So we went to Fox. And this has nothing to do with us. What I want to do is share where we're all heading, though. We're all heading, hopefully. So we go to Foxwoods, and we go through the casino, and, you know, and I lost. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So we go there, but then there's a mall there. I knew there was a mall, so I said, "Let's." There's a safe haven. Let's go in there and you know see what we can do. So we did, and Jen and I had, um, and Pastor Ray and Pastor Mike have testimonies too that I'm sure they'll share at some point. So we walked into uh, what was a Skechers store, right? Yeah, Skechers. There was nobody in the store. I'm like, I, I can get impatient quickly sometimes. I'm like, okay, there's nobody here. And Jen's like, just wait, just wait. I'm like, okay. And suddenly in the back door, this person comes, comes out and looks very disheveled. Works there because has a tag. And Jen just happened to be right there when he was there. And, and they were talking. I was trying to listen what was going on. And, and it was uh, this gentleman. We got his name. And then it was his first day on the job. And he was the only one working this store today. Basically, it was the gist. And he was stressed out, very stressed out. So Jen said, can I give you a hug? I mean, we didn't exchange names at that point. She just dove in. Then I came over later because they did have a good sale on the shoes. I was a little distracted. But <laughs> I came over later. She said, would you get over here? So I'm walking over. And, and we prayed for him for peace and, and everything that the Holy Spirit was leading at that day. And it was just an amazing experience where he started tearing up a little bit. And then at the end, and I'm please hear what I'm about to say, because it, it applies to all of us. The gentleman, because we were, we were called, the ingredient was to see the way Christ sees everybody. So this gentleman had like nails this big, earrings everywhere, tattoos. Just, I don't know. He was very, you know, there was a lot going on there. But we didn't see that. It had nothing to do with us, the Holy Spirit. Didn't, we didn't see that at all. And at the end, I said this to him, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to say we're undercover. I said, and, and I'm a pastor, and Jen's my wife here. And I was waiting to get, like, you know, get out of the store. These are, these are things that we can think. And he cried a little bit more and said, thank you guys so much. This is so amazing. Why I say that is because some of us are hindered because we don't want to say, I'm a Christian. You'd be surprised. The field is very ripe. It's very ripe. The harvest is there. Jesus kept saying the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. So that was part of a conference. We didn't learn more some things that day. We went out and did something. And, and my point is, as a church, God is calling, I would think every church, that we have to stop appraising the insulation in this wall and be outside, Amen. being the salt and the light of this earth. Of this earth. Evangelism is part of you. <laughs> It's part of you. <laughs> Otherwise, and I heard this phrase before, you're going to be a bipolar Christian. No offense to bipolars, but it's going to be a very frustrating journey. And you're going to always need prayer from somebody else. And you're going to be struggling 
along the way. And eventually, depending on your commitment, like we were talking earlier, you may fade away. This story, um, and many, many of you heard of it, uh, it, it was a Spanish uh, conquistador, I don't know, some general, a Spanish called uh, Harmon Cortez. Some of you have heard it. He's a real guy in the books. He helped cultivate a lot of Spanish territories in the southern Americas in the 16th centuries. Um, story goes, one day uh, they had just conquered some territories, and I am not promoting him. I'm just saying this is a very um, good story that has to do with commitment. So they approach uh, what we call now Mexico, the southern shores of Mexico, and they had traveled a long way, but uh, Cortez knew how important this territory would be to take over the Aztec colonies. So, and some of you may know this, sorry. So they all get, they had, I think it was two or three ships sailing to a harbor. They all get out of the harbor and they start walking into the land and noticing how massive the jungle was and knowing that they knew nothing about the jungle, <laughs> but their enemies probably did. So everybody, the soldiers started really weighing their commitment at that point. So Cortez, in his thinking, said, let's start pressing in. And as he asked them to start pressing in, he asked a few of his, his assistants to stay back. And he said one thing to them. He said, when you see the last soldier go deep into the jungle, I need both of you to burn the ships behind you. Burn the ships behind us, they said. How are we going to leave? He said, it will solidify our commitment even more to what we're doing now because we either die or fight and win. <laughs> it's a powerful illustration. Burning ships. Having no more options but the option of going forward. So let's bring that into our Christianity. Most likely we all have some ships in the harbor. <laughs> and if we've decided to follow Christ, you're already on the shore. He's calling you deeper into a jungle. But the only way you can go through this jungle successfully is by following Him. But it's very easy, as I said in a statement earlier, as we do one step forward towards Christ, Sometimes there's two steps back. But the two steps might be eliminated when you know there's no option of looking back. What are the ships in the harbor? Fear. That's probably a flagship in the harbor. We all kind of wrestle with that off and on. Um, insecurity ship. And again, these are ships we could go back onto and be comfortable and wait until whatever happens. Or for some of us, we may want to live in these ships because these are attributes we're, we've dealt in before. And the problem is you may start anchoring up that ship, going the other way, and then you're in an open ocean, open to the enemy's tides and flows of what needs to go on in your life. And you've gone further from your mission of following Christ. So if you burn the ships, there's no way you can leave. 
This is a jumping message, huh? That's all right. But you have to because if we're going where we need to go, you can't have any option behind you. You may stumble, but you're not still going to look back at a ship and say, oh, remember that. Remember that. The other ship, I think, is something that we're all unaware of at times. Um, the SSD Unifier. What's that? I just made that up. So what that is, is we, if you go back to that ship, you get comfortable in your accusations. You get comfortable in pride. You get comfortable in whatever, defending whatever, that doesn't bring unity to the body of Christ. You see, some of the part as we go into that jungle, we need to be unified. Maybe not agree with everything, but unified. What does that mean? Unified that we're here for a greater purpose than me, myself, and I. And that's plainly it. But that can be a big ship in our lives. And as the spiritual gifts start flowing in here and in our personal lives, um, and we're in the jungle, we're following Christ, knowing where He's leading us, helping build His kingdom, you can also have other Christians, bless their heart, <laughs> come alongside you to de-unify you. This is a little side trail. Hang on, I'm on a vent here. I, I just, if you, and I try not to do this, believe me, and binge watch uh, YouTube videos and, and different preachers and contents. Um, not that they're not anointed, but you understand that uh, messages... The preacher is only good as the accountability he's standing on. <laughs> so I've, I've, and we know this if we've been in the Word of Faith for long enough. You have some preachers, and I've seen a lot of it lately, but they're retitling it this way. And I, I guess there is a point to this. Hang on, they're, they're retitling that. You know, obviously they don't say this out loud, but they say the spiritual gifts have left the church. Bible was canonized. Apostles have died. It's all of us, and we're just pray, pray, pray to God. And hopefully he shows up. So, But that attitude can lead into your lives, too, when God's telling you to step out in faith. And the other thing, too, is with faith, we're a faith Christian center. We've done very well of God working through us by our own faith. But how about growing our faith for those around us now? That gets other people uncomfortable. That's like we heard earlier. That makes me saw a limb off that I'm standing on sometimes because it's only God at that point if I pray for somebody outside of myself. My point is, some of the, the pastors and teachers we're hearing now are saying that if you are pursuing these things and that you can speak the name of Jesus and things will change, huh, they're becoming little gods. The only time we've ever talked about a, becoming a god in this building, I think, over from Pastor Sam up, is when Satan had that idea that he could become a god. We are, and this has to be clear because you may run into this when you begin to flow in the gifts of the Spirit and do things. You are not trying to become a God. Who would want that responsibility? What I am trying to become like, which is very scriptural, is more like Christ. The fullness of Christ. Charles Spurgeon said, I think I said this before, when you, know the, when you become more in the fullness of Christ, you find less value in everything else. 
We read those chapters in John when Jesus was ascending, ascending up into the heavens and his last real meeting with his disciples. And what did he talk about? I need you to do what I did. And if you glorify the Father and me, it'll all come out. It'll work well. Do what I did in even greater works. So there's disunifiers in the body. Don't go on those ships. <laughs> But if we're truly listening to what we're hearing from here and you're, leading in the, and you're reading your Bible, you're praying, we should be validating what you already are growing in, right? We shouldn't be leading you anywhere else other than that. But God is going to call you if you are deciding to follow Christ and go where we are going, that you're going to have to burn some ships in your life. And ask God and the Holy Spirit to tell you what those are. But do remember this too. <laughs> you don't need to pray to light a match. You need to use your efforts to light that match. Don't rely on other people to light that match. It's you. It's you. It's you. And most of it starts with surrender. Surrender is a very flammable action, I think. If we surrender everything to God and say, do what you may with my life. Surrender to me what I need to do. I think you have something lit so you can light that ship. I just want to go through some scriptures as well because there is many scriptures about not looking back. Jesus was very forward thinking and leading everybody to do where he was going. And we'll even talk about Paul in a minute too. Bear with me. One of the scriptures that jumps out the most is 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. Can we put that up? I think I gave that to you, hopefully. Yes. So this is Paul, obviously, writing this letter, Church of Corinth. He says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Sometimes we're looking at people to judge instead of looking in the mirror. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Well, not looking in the mirror, that will allow that. How differently we know Him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, whoa, hey, I didn't sign up for that, a new person. And the old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them, and he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors as a new person. God is making his appeal through a billboard on 195. No, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So a new person in Christ, meaning those old attributes that you used to use, doesn't happen overnight, but it, can ha it will happen. You're a new person for Christ. And our job isn't to build great churches. It doesn't say that. 
Our job is to be the salt and the light in the, in the earth. Paul, because this is true, when you go into this, again, I'm going to continue with this illustration. When we go into the jungle, there's going to be trials, right? When you got saved, the birds sang louder. Never a flat tire or car, car problem. Everybody hugged one another. Your checkbook was balanced. It kept going up when you became a Christian, right? No. Trials came. Sometimes the opposite. And Paul warns, every, Paul warns everybody in Romans 5. Uh, we're just going to go to 6 through 5, I believe. What do you have? Let me see. Well, let me go. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace. With God, because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully looked forward to sharing God's glory. We rejoice when we run into problems and trials because I can run back to a ship in the harbor. No, no. For when we do, this helps us develop, oh wow, endurance to continue on, right? And the endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know dearly God loves us. How dearly God? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Hope will not disappoint. The trials you go through are trials. (laughs) They're real. But if we continue to endure through them, God is working in that moment. See, we have to always, and we sang this earlier too, and we, I don't remember which song, it was the second song about victory. You know, I need, this isn't the song, but some Christians are like, I need victory, God, I need, No, you should be always coming from victory if you're a Christ follower. Because when that happens, trials are just trials. The big picture is what is God doing in you during this time and shaping you to do that. But if you have the Holy Spirit in you at the end Paul's talking about, which we are beginning to spread, it's contagious hopefully, you have the Holy Spirit in you, He is your great comforter. Your great guide. He's your compass. Bible's your map. He's your compass. And God will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Proverbs, the big great book of wisdom. So this has to be some good insight. Proverbs 4.25. Pretty plain. No big heavy revelation. Look straight ahead. And fix your eyes on what lies before you. Keep focus forward. Focus forward. Philippians. Paul again. Philippians 3.12 and 15. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. 
I believe he's writing this from jail, so he has perspective. So he hasn't. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed in me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on the some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. It's so important when we kind of disagree on things, back to the unity of things. You know, who's right? I got to be right, you know. Uh, I got to be wrong. But what is God saying in this? Go to him. Because we're not always right, right? I know I'm not. (laughs) You know, but having God be the final authority in our life. We have other examples of not wanting not supposed to look back. I mean, you have when Sodom is burning, you have the Lot family being delivered, delivered, being delivered with strict instructions. Don't look back. Nothing's there for you. One of them looked back, right? You didn't need any CG that day. CG movies, you know, where things happen. Lots of wife, boom, gone. How about we know this very well in our Old Testament, the journey of the Israelites. How many times did they have those conversations by the campfire at night? You know, when we were slaves, it wasn't too bad. Too many unknowns going forward. Too many unknowns. Can you put, I think it was John, 1 John. Here's back to the key ingredient we were talking about earlier. I think I gave you a John. Which John was it? No? I'll find it on mine. Mm-hmm. Thought I had it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, His holy name. You don't have it? Okay. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. For he has done great things. Yes, he has. For he has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. First John. Four seven. Thank you for your patience. This is a key ingredient as you go and follow Christ. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Eh, I know about that. 
For love comes from God. That's a good thing that it doesn't come from you and I. Right? It comes from Him. Anyone who loves is a child of God knows God. So if you're not loving, it's pretty... Again, I have bad days too. But if you're not loving, you don't know this God. For God... But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Love is the key ingredient to just about everything you're going to be called to do to, to do in this walk as a Christ follower. It has to be solidified. You have to pick your cross up every day sometimes, but you have to solidify and make a commitment that I am walking in love. That has to be. can't be an interest. can't be I'm going to try. It has to be solidified in a commitment that you're going to walk in love. Because you see, as the world gets darker, there's not going to be greater love out there. The world is going to be looking for real love. And we have to have that. And go beyond their expectations of, oh, wow, you actually care about me and want to love me. And not condemn me. Again, there's no compromise here. Sin is sin. (laughs) But how do I talk to somebody if I haven't reached in love first? They're not used to that. We have to. We have to. So it's a prayer daily. Lord, let me see what you see. The people especially. And be expected to find some trials, as Paul said. Expect they will come. The other thing as we continue to grow, and it's on the edge of unity too, we're the body of Christ. If we can't love one another in here, (laughs) how can it happen out there? It won't. And there's a lot of bait. Don't catch the bait. Don't bite the bait and the hook. That, lets, that leads a division in your life. Not every issue is important to God. There are many, but not every issue. We've talked about this before. When we start being the salt and the light, you are not called to transform somebody. You are called to share the light, shine the light, be a beacon for them, be an encourager. Tell them when you see sin. I'm not saying you look over anything. But God does, through the Holy Spirit, does the transformation. We need, we need to be empowered, as Pastor Mike was preaching last week, about grace. We need the grace in us to extend that to others because you probably had a little bit of grace along your journey too. So important. So when you leave today, go burn some ships. <laughs> They're just ships. Leave it where you have no option but going forward in Christ. And following him. It's far worth it. And you'll stumble, but at least you have no options. I'm not going to go sit in my ship of insecurity. Get it, burn it. Let it die. Don't even smell the smoke to look back. Just know it's burning. Head to Christ. He wants you to do that. Because your life will be the abundant life that he talked about in John. 
That's when you're doing His will and following Him. Not being a Christian as a reference point in your life. That's doing it. We've talked about that. You can take a title and be a Christian, or can you be a Christ follower? Those are actions. Those are things you have to do. And God's looking for those to do that and to worship our King. And it'll build the kingdom on earth that we want to happen. The bride will come down to the altar for, in Revelations for Christ to come back. We have to do something. But burn some ships. Burn some ships. Did you get anything out of today? Why don't we stand? Stand. Thank you. It's okay if you walk around and smell like smoke, too. They may think you're smoking, but that's all right, you know? Just in an atmosphere of prayer, we just want to go to our King. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us and doing what you did on that cross for us. Reconciling us back to our Father God. Wow. Where we can commune and have our relationship with you. Holy Spirit, continue to grow big in us. Big in us. To speak to us every day what you're calling us to do. To learn that every day is a way to discover not just how much you love us, Jesus, but what we can do for you, Jesus, and cast crowns at your feet. Lord, as it's, it is a tough time where we need to commit deeper to you. And commitment evolve, involves our will, which is what you're after, which is connected to our heart. We surrender all to you, Lord. If there's things we have to burn in our life, Holy Spirit, by your power, And by my might, light the match and burn so we can burn these things that may hold us back from going deeper in you. Lord, let grace abound. When we fall, let's step up and keep going. Let our church community be here for one another and be transparent with one another to help when people need help and to pray where we need to pray. And go in this journey that we know it's together, not a solo act. Lord, let us continue to hear your voice and what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.